0: morning, church. Can you hear me? There we go. Can you hear me over here? The speaker's pointing this way. Good work. Thank the Lord for sunshine. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Right. Don't just take my word for it this morning. Go and read it in the Bible. The Bible never gets it wrong. I do. On that note... I need all of God's help this morning, and absolutely none of mine. So let's take a moment to pray together. Abba Father, every hour, every hour we need you. But we particularly need you this morning to send your Holy Spirit, our counselor and guide in all wisdom and truth. Holy Spirit, quieten our restless minds. Take away the spirit of distraction And open our hearts to challenge, to correction, to learning, and to wisdom this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So we've been going through a series on metamorphosis, and we are in the book of Philippians. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 9 this morning you have a Bible with you or you have your phone and you'd like to open that up, now's a good time. It says, Paul speaking, what you have learned and received and heard in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Some other translations are a little less PC. Some of them says, what you have learned and received and seen in me, do it, and the God of peace will be with you. I'd like to marry that with another verse this morning from uh, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 14 through 17. This was a letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church. Unlike the Philippian church, it had a lot more problems. It was having a spiritual leadership popularity contest. Its members, they were suing each other in the courts And they were abusing the communion meal. And they were living promiscuous lives just to set the scene. And Paul writes these beautiful verses. I'm reading from the message. I'm not writing this letter just to scold you or to make you feel rotten inside. I'm writing to you as a father to a child. I love you. I love you. And I want you to grow up well, not spoiled. There are a lot of people just waiting to tell you what you've done wrong in this world. But there aren't many fathers willing to take the time and the effort to help you grow up. I, Paul, became your father in Christ Jesus because I proclaimed God's good news to you. I urge you then, be imitators of me Do what I'm already doing. I sent Timothy to you because he's my son in Christ Jesus. Timothy is a carbon copy of Paul. He does what I do. We remind you, what they do is, we remind you of our ways in Jesus Christ. Just like we teach them in every church that we start and we go to. So Steve told me last night there's a very important uh, football match on today. So I have to skip the preamble. Just get (laughs) down to the points. So this is what I believe what God has for you today. There was a young lad I was speaking to a couple of weeks ago. He just got back from New Day and he said something profound to me. I asked him, what would you like prayer for? And he said, I need to know the Bible better. I need to grow up profound words from the Holy Spirit that lives within him. And so I want to set the scene on this book. This is an incredible book if you've never read the Bible before. Paul was driven west again and again and again. The Holy Spirit said, no, don't go there. No, don't go there. No, don't go there. God said, I need you to go to Philippi. Philippi, this Roman colony, this Roman soil, this outpost of the Roman empire is nestled at the foot of a mountain range. It sits in a little gap and through that gap ran the main trade road running east-west. Everybody had to pass through it. God is the ultimate strategist. That is where he wanted Paul to plant his first church. Paul called it a little colony of heaven, but I imagine God would call it the good news gateway to Europe and beyond. So this is what I believe God has today. I'm going to summarize briefly for our younger audience, and then we're going to go back and repeat. (laughs) Point number one, Paul's letter To the Philippians, it challenges us to grow up. And this is not a, won't you just grow up, kind of grow up. This is Paul holding out his hand, and he's saying, come on, grow up. Be all that Jesus has for you. Paul challenges us to grow up, to transform our relationships within the church, to become like those of closest friends. Point number two, why grow up? I believe that God is looking for servants today and he's looking for future leaders in his kingdom tomorrow when he returns to renew this earth. Point number three, we don't just grow up because we want to get a crown in heaven, we want to get a reward. Your transformation, all of our transformation makes us into spiritual models. We become spiritual fathers and spiritual mothers like Paul writes in Corinthians. We become an example to others. Like Timothy and Paul, we should be able to say, do what I do, practice what I taught you and look to my example. And my final point this morning A church, it's a group of Christian people that grow up into good works, who become spiritual mothers, who become spiritual models. They father new spiritual fathers and mothers, and these are the churches that will last until Jesus Christ returns. So Paul challenges us to grow up and to transform our relationship to become like those of closest friends. Paul says, imitate me. Who does Paul imitate? In this short letter, over a hundred times, he says I am in Jesus Christ. I, Paul, am in Jesus Christ. Therefore, to imitate Paul is to be transformed into the likeness Of Jesus Christ. Paul is calling us to be counter-cultural in today's world. Now this is where we yawn and switch off, but we live, I believe, in an age that's becoming more and more consumed by ourselves. Sometimes we don't even have time for our closest blood relatives, let alone what we might consider to be strangers in the church. I'd say, as a result of this over-obsession with ourselves, we've become increasingly depressed. Paul says, wake up! Wake up! Invest sacrificially in the people, in your church. And here's the secret that he learned. He said... They will become the source of your happiness. Wake up. Invest in the people around you. They will become the source of your happiness. I want to read this, what Paul said in Philippians 1. paraphrase it slightly. But he said, this is powerful. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Always, in every prayer of mine, you make them with joy. Because the Philippian church, his first church, they partnered with him from day one in the gospel until this letter writing. He said, I'm sure that Jesus Christ will continue to complete the good works in you until he returns. Paul says, yes, it's right for me. To feel this way about you. I hold you in my heart. You all share the same grace of Jesus Christ that I have. And they were sharing in his imprisonment. FYI, he'd say, Thanks for the money you sent, and thanks for sending Epaphroditus. He's a great housekeeper and a chef. Thank you that you share in my defense of the gospel, as God is my witness. I yearn for all of you with the affection of Jesus. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more and more. More knowledge to you, more discernment to you, more excellence to you, more purity to you, more blamelessness to you until Jesus Christ returns. Amen. Wow. I hope we can all say that about ourselves this morning. In Philippians chapter 4, from verse 9, the first nine verses, they're basically concerned with what Paul is doing for them. But verses 10 to 20 are concerned with what the Philippian church was doing for Paul. It's a two-way relationship. One of close friends. He ministers to their needs and they minister to him. He ministers to them spiritually and they minister to him financially and materially. The Bible calls this koinonia. The Philippian church is koinonia. Koinonia is the word in your Bible that is translated into fellowship. You want to know the real definition of fellowship this morning, go and read the letter of Philippians. Philippian church is koinonia. It is fellowship. This is often an abused word in our church today. We often mistake it for a cup of tea and a piece of cake, as important as they are. But the Philippian church was koinonia. I encourage you all to read this letter. We want Paul to say, that church in Crawley, Crawley Community Church, that is koinonia. We want God to say that. Wasn't it amazing that the young people returned from their summer camp at New Day and some of them received gifts from the Holy Spirit? Praise the Lord for that. Often, though, as we get older, we can grumble look at those teens over there, always getting things from God. What about me, God? Huh? What about me? God will say, what do you mean their gift? What do you mean their gift? It's your gift. As a church, you got that gift from the Holy Spirit. You all got that gift. I say this morning that if you have been wanting the gift of tongues, go home, get down on your knees and praise God and say, thank you that Manuela received the gift of tongues. Thank you, Jesus, that we have the gift of tongues in our church. And then you say, Jesus, thank you so much for that. And then you open your mouth. And I promise you, the Lord is a good Lord. He is the father of all gifts in heaven. He will reward you. Why grow up? God's looking for servants today and future leaders tomorrow when he returns to renew this earth. I imagine when Paul was sick in his bed or he just trudged through some swamp land. And he'd got the equivalent of malaria, or he'd been sleeping out all night with a rock for a pillow, or he was burdened with the thoughts of the churches that he planted, that he thought about Philippi. And he thought about the church there. And he was overcome with joy. When Jesus returns, he will ask Paul, What have you done for me, Paul? And Paul will point. He will point at the Philippian church and he will say, I have served them well. I have served them well. What will we point at when we're lining up in the coronation queue in heaven? What will we point at? I tell you this morning, God wants us to point at each other. He wants us to point at each other from this church. And he wants us to say, I have served her well i have served him well i have served them well i have served those ones at the back well let's get on with the business of transforming ourselves so we can get on with the business of transforming this church in jesus name amen we don't just grow up because we want a reward we don't just grow up because we want a crown in heaven your growth transforms you into a spiritual model, an example to others. Like Paul and Timothy, we should be able to say, do what I do, practice what I have taught you, and look to my example. And to the young people here this morning, a spiritual father and mother does not necessarily mean an aged person. There are lots of aged people we know who never matured, Our cornerstone verse for this summer series from Romans. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer up your life as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. How do we do that? The verse continues. Don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, Let God transform you into a new person. He's going to change the way you think. Then you will know what the will of God has for you. And you will know God's peace because of that. That was the second part of our verse in Philippians 9 this morning. Paul says, grow up, be transformed, and the peace of God will be with you. How do we get the peace of God? It's right here. Be transformed, be renewed, and the peace of God will be with you. Spiritual maturity starts in the mind, that's where the battle is. And with renewal becomes comes that peace of God that He talks about in the Bible that cannot be shaken. this morning a church a group of people that grow up into good works that become spiritual models that help mature other people is a church that will last until Jesus Christ returns I often think about that if the apostle John was writing the book of revelations today where would we as a church, the writer of the Hebrews in the message is beautiful. He says, Come on, leave behind the preschool finger painting exercises in Jesus Christ. Get on with a masterpiece, grow up in Christ Jesus. You've got the basic foundational truths in place. Turn your back on self help salvation. And turn toward the God that you trust. We have our baptismal instructions. If Jesus did it, it's good enough for me. He told us what to do right here when we lay hands on people. Jesus demonstrated that we will rise from the dead. And he wrote it down for us. Jesus spent ages while he was on his earthly ministry telling us about eternal judgment. And the apostles wrote it down right here. Thank the Lord that God helps us to stay true to all that. But there's so much more. Let's get on with it. I asked the Lord what we could be getting on with. It's always dangerous to do that. I want to encourage you with one final challenge this morning. I believe in our corporate church life, one thing we could be getting on with is our corporate prayer life. Again, I go back to this story. I was speaking to that young lad who just got back from New Day, and I prayed for him. And graciously, he asked me what I'd like prayer for. And I told him, And he kicked off. And at the end, he said, Sorry, I got a little lost along the way. And I said to him, Don't apologize for that. Nobody learns to pray overnight. The Bible is full of so many different types of prayer. It's amazing. Get down to your local church prayer meeting. Come and practice your prayer life. It's not an exclusive club. Everybody there had to learn how to pray. You see, Jesus knows that the heart of a good church is in its prayer life. Jesus knows that renewal starts with prayer. And so many other things in the church. We often love to run around and say, I want to see his glory. I want to see his glory come down on earth. Glory starts with a church that prays together. That upward communication before that downward outpouring. Don't be shy. Come along to the prayer meeting. Let's get let's get going. Let's get praying for this church. Steve's going to come back up and the worship team. And as they come back up, Uh, We're going to do something a little different this morning. But while they get set up, I'll tell you a story about that teenage young lad. He said, what do you want prayer for? He said, I need to know my Bible better. I need to grow up. I prayed for him. I said that God wants to make him into a warrior. A young lad stood up earlier on this stage and told us about this vision he That the preacher had had at New Day. Where he would said that when Jesus returns, some people wouldn't even see him. When Jesus returns, some people will be so busy that they won't hear him. And when Jesus returns, some people will look up and rise up like warriors. And I said to that young lad, God wants to make you a warrior. He doesn't want you to miss what he's got for you. It's our job as a church, to serve that young man well. We don't want him to grow up as a weak Christian. We need to serve others so he can go on serving others. I want you to get to your feet this morning. I want you to turn to your neighbor. We're going to pray together. And I want you to echo these words. If you feel like putting a hand on your neighbor's shoulder, don't be shy. (laughs) This is what I believe the Father God wants to administer to each one of you this morning. I would encourage you to put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Even if you don't know the stranger, it might be awkward for a minute. But it'll be worth it. I want you to repeat these words with me. Father God is speaking to you as his child. Say that to your neighbor. Father God is speaking to you as his child. He says, I love you. And I want you to grow up well. Not spoiled look at them and you say, I thank God for you. This week I'm going to pray for you with a heart full of joy because we both share the same grace in Jesus Christ. More knowledge to you. More discernment to you more excellence to you, more purity in your life, and more blamelessness. This week, and until Jesus returns, we are Crowley Community Church. I want to rejoice in your success, And I want to weep in your distress. I want to fellowship with you. I want God to transform you into a new person. By changing the way you think. I want to walk this journey with you so that you will know his plan for your life. And you will have unshakable peace. I want you to grow up. I want you to be Paul or Timothy, a spiritual father or mother. To many children, I want you to become more like Jesus. I want to point at you in the heavenly coronation queue and tell Jesus, I served you well. In Jesus' name, Amen. That's for Steve.